Hello, and welcome to Blue Springs Christian Church. We're so glad that you could join us. A special welcome to those of you that are joining online. Right now, we're going to stand because we're going to worship the Lord together. Singing o'er the plains and the mountains. 
sing glory to the newborn king peace on earth and mercy mild god and sinners reconciled joyful Father God, we are so thankful that all those many years ago that your son was born in a manger. And because of that, our lives were changed. We are so grateful for the blessings you bless us with and for the joy we feel in our hearts because of knowing him. Right now, Father, we just ask that you be with us throughout the rest of this service. We're so thankful for being able to be here today. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Please be seated.
One of my favorite passages is Romans 12, 1. And in it says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. I just so connect with this verse because it is about worshiping with all of us and everything we are and everything we do. It's not just one hour or one set of songs or one prayer that we use to worship, but it is our entire bodies, he says. And so that is part of the reason why we here at BSCC say that giving back to him through our offerings is a way of worship. When we give all of us to him, then he knows that we are truly thankful and grateful for who he is. So if you have any questions about how to give at Blue Springs Christian Church, I invite you to go to our website or text the word give to the number on the screen. With it being December, we are ramping up for Christmas services. We have four Christmas um, weekend services. They're all identical and family friendly. Three of them are going to be on Christmas Eve, December 24th at 3.30, 5, and 6.30. And then we'll have one um, that is just the same service on Sunday morning, December 27th at 9.30. We strongly recommend that you make a reservation for any of the services, especially on Christmas Eve. Um, and you can do that starting right now on our website. We will um, be socially distanced this Christmas Eve, and so we are limiting the number of people we can have in each one of those services, which is why reservations are strongly recommended. Because they're family-friendly services, we will not have other children's or student ministry going on at that time. We bring your family and enjoy the Christmas service together. I also um, want to remind everyone that we have our daily devotions throughout the month of December written um, by our own leadership and staff here at Blue Springs Christian Church that are available on our website. And we are still working through our adoptive family program. So if you would like to give a gift to a child or an adult who's in need of a Christmas gift this year, please go to our website. Both of those things are on our event page on our website. In just a couple of weeks, we will be kicking off our fall small groups. It's a time of really connecting with other adults as well as connecting closer to God. So be praying over the next few weeks um, as we lead up to that time about a small group, what time would work for you, and how much are you willing to give back to God with your own time and energy to be in a small group. If you're new here to Blue Springs Christian Church, I want to welcome you. I also want to invite you to text the word new to the number on the screen. And if you're a BSCCer joining us online, please text your name so that we can know you're with us tonight. Thank you. everybody. Uh, it's great to be with you. Those of you online, uh, so good to be with you and everybody in the room as well. You know, I, I, I love uh, the lights of Christmas. I've just been noticing, maybe you have as well, it seems like every night there's just a few more lights that have been hung up and uh, to celebrate the season. I love the music as we were enjoying some Christmas songs there. I, I, I certainly love the food that comes along with, with Christmas and, and the movies that, that come along and 
And we might not be able this year to, to celebrate in, in every way that we, we like to in this season, but there is still so very much to be joyful about this Christmas because of the reason for our season here, and that is the birth of Jesus. And, and you know, my guess is everybody is aware of, of the story of Christmas. I mean, even if you don't believe that it is true, pretty much everybody knows the basic plot, the basic storyline of Christmas. But we're, we're beginning a series uh, today called The Untold Story. And there may be some parts of the Christmas story that you may not be as familiar with or really think about all that much this time of the year. And those are really the parts of the story that we're going to kind of drill down on and focus on in this Christmas series. And I'm, I'm grateful. I want to give a shout out to Community Christian Church, which is in the Chicago area, for the whole idea of this, this series and their help with it. I always want us to just jump right in. So we're going to begin the, uh, in the scriptures in Matthew chapter 2. Verse 1 and following where it says, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. Now, you pick any villain. I mean, any villain. And, and Herod would be able to give them a run for their money. I mean, this, this guy was, was ruthless. He, he came to power through political uh, maneuvering and corruption that included, catch this, the murder of two of his sons and the murder of one of his wives. I mean, I mean he, was, he was sadistic, this guy. And by this time in his life, he's an elderly man. By the time the Magi come to the palace... And when he hears that there's been one born who is to be the king of the Jews, it says here he is disturbed by this and all of Jerusalem as well. Because if Herod gets disturbed and upset about something, the people are like, we, we don't know what he might do. Uh, he is so unpredictable and, and so violent that they too were disturbed. Now, you may have, have heard of, of uh, Herod before. But you may not have thought about the fact that for him, Christmas meant war. He knew where Jesus was going to be born, but he didn't know when that he was born. So look what it says that he does, verse 16. Herod gave order to kill all the boys in, Jeru in, in Bethlehem and its vicinity who were two years and under. Anybody seen that on a Christmas card? <laughs> that verse, no. Herod was a homicidal, genocidal maniac that was fully committed to wiping out anybody that might be a potential threat to his power. And so he sends his soldiers in to slaughter all of the baby boys in Bethlehem because Jesus was his enemy. Jesus was a threat to him. And as is the case then in war, the sounds of, of mothers crying and screaming could be heard as they wept for their children who had been murdered and killed. What parts of the Christmas story do we tend to miss and we, we tend to, to not focus on? That's the question we're really going to look at in this series. And one answer to that question would be this, that Christmas 
is a war story. There are five statements that I want to make about this war that I want us to just think about and reflect on the spiritual implications of these truths. And the first one is this, that Jesus was born into a world at war, that, that when God created our world, that it was fully his kingdom. And he chose just out of his kindness and goodness to make us human beings, those that were made in his image, his, his beloved the rulers of his good and perfect creation. But we chose to turn our backs on God and, and rebel against him and reject him. And so this world that God created that was his dream for us, this world that had not known death or, 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 or suffering, at that point then was thrust into this brutal, violent struggle between good and evil. And as we read the Bible, we learn that when God created all that he had made, that he created things that we human beings were able to see, but also then things that we were not able to see unless God allowed us to see them and included among those parts of God's creation were, were angels. And scripture informs us that a group of these angels also chose to rebel against God, led by Satan and were thrust cast out of his heavenly presence the Bible tells us that these evil angels are able to interact within the physical universe with within which we live and that their goal is to thwart the plans of God in any way that they can and so sin then opened the door to Satan and these evil angels or demons in terms of influence and control in this world. This is why Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 6, For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. So when Jesus came, darkness was in control. And he came into a world that was at war. In the 33 years that Jesus lived here on this earth, Satan tried again and again to attack and destroy him, initially through Herod, through the wickedness of Herod, in trying to kill Christ as a, as a child, as an infant. And then we, we know that after Christ's baptism, as he was preparing for his, his ministry in the wilderness in a time of fasting and prayer, that Satan again comes to him and tries to, to deceive him and, and to get him to abandon the mission that he had come to earth to fulfill. And then lastly, working through Judas and working through the jealous religious leaders, Satan works to, to, to uh, bring Jesus to, to death, to put him to death. Did you know that your life is a part of this ongoing war, this, this brutal continuing struggle, this battle? This is something we just don't think about at Christmas, but really we should because it's a part of the Christmas story. Christmas is a war story. And here's a second truth for us to consider, that the birth of Jesus was really the pivotal moment of this war. And I want to share with you what Matthew writes about how what happens when the Magi find Jesus there in Bethlehem. 
He writes, on coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. And then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. So gold was a gift that was given to kings back then. It represented royalty, and that's what they were saying as they gave this gift to the Christ child. Frankincense was a, a rare incense that was used in the temple to worship God. And so the Magi were saying as they gave this gift to the Christ child, this child is, is God. He is worthy of our worship. But what about myrrh? Myrrh was a spice that was used in the ancient world to embalm dead bodies. What a strange gift to give to this child. And the Magi were saying as they gave this gift to Jesus, not only is this baby our king and our God, he is our savior. That he has come. That he might save us and bring victory in this war to us by rescuing us from sin and Satan and evil and reuniting us then with God. And God gave these magi the wisdom to understand the purpose for Jesus, his birth and coming into this world. Now, I know that we like to think about Christmas in kind of warm smiley ways as we sing songs like you know away in a manger no crib for a bed the little lord jesus laid down his sweet head but i want you to see what god has to say about why jesus was in that manger first john 3 8 the reason the son of god appeared was to destroy the devil's word again not a verse we see on many christmas cards right there but maybe it should be because Christmas means war. And when Jesus was born, God was saying to all that is evil, it's go time. Your days are numbered. And people wanted to see Jesus take up arms and become this military and political leader that would lead the people of Israel into spilling Roman blood in God's name. But God had a very different plan. He had, God had such a brilliant, such a subtle and counterintuitive strategy in mind and I, I like how one of the great conquerors of history described it so let me quote him Napoleon Bonaparte said this Alexander the great Caesar Charlemagne and I myself have founded great empires but upon what did these creations depend upon force Jesus alone founded his empire upon love and to this day millions will die for him. So Jesus came to wage war, but the only blood he was willing to spill was his own. And the only life that he was willing to take was his own. And he knew where Satan was entrenched. That, that Satan was, was entrenched not, not in a bunker or behind barbed wire, but, but he was entrenched deeply into the hearts of human beings. The only claim that Satan has over us is sin. And so Jesus came to free us, and, and he solved that, that spiritual problem for us when he paid the price in full for our sins. And in so doing then, in his death on the cross, he destroyed the devil's work. Jesus said of Satan, this thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy you. And then about himself, he said, but I've come that you might have life and have it in all of its fullness. So Christmas is a war story. 
And the territory that Jesus is out to retake is you. And that brings me to a third truth, a very personal truth. It's this, that in this war, there is no neutrality. That every day that you take breath here on this earth, you are in a war. Whether you realize it or not, you have an enemy who is sworn to still kill and destroy you. Everything about you, to destroy you emotionally, relationally, ultimately spiritually, make no mistake about it. That is his agenda for your life, to destroy your family, your marriage, to destroy you financially, ultimately to destroy your faith. He is ruthless. He is relentless. He is the one who wanted swords driven down through the bodies of baby boys. So don't think there isn't anything that he might do to take you down. Again, we don't usually think like this during the holly jolly season that we are entering into right now. But Christmas is a war story. And this third truth is something that we may not want to hear. I know our culture doesn't want us to hear it. But it's this. There is no spiritual Switzerland in this war. There is no neutrality. And we come now to some words of Jesus that may be the most important words of Scripture we look at in this, in this series. Definitely in this message. And I want us to read it aloud together. These are words from Jesus. This is Matthew 12, 30. Read this with me. Where Jesus said, whoever is not with me is against me. I want to point out a word Jesus did not use here. The word for. He didn't say whoever is not for me. He said whoever is not with me. And that word with is a very important little word there. Think about it. If I were to say, Mary was with Mark at the party, I, 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 I'm not saying that Mary believed that Mark exists and that Mark is who he says that he is. No, I, I'm saying they were together at the party. They, 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 they were with each other. In fact, there's the potential maybe even for a significant relationship there. And so when Jesus says, whoever's not with me is against me, he was saying, none of this, well, I believe in Jesus and I'm a good person. None, none of that, that doesn't count, he says. Christmas means war until a person authentically says, I am with Jesus. I, I am committed to Jesus. I am fighting on behalf of of the efforts and cause of Jesus Christ. Until then, whether I admit it or not, whether I see it or not, whether I believe it or not, I am not with him. I am against him. See, Christmas is a war story. And the baby that was born in the manger grew up, and he said, if you're not with me, you are against me. So at BSCC, we are committed to giving people time and space to move at their own pace spiritually. And we want to be a safe place for people to be able to come and, and learn about Jesus Christ and learn about what does it mean to follow him. So we're not going to coerce people. We're not going to look to guilt or, or strong-arm people in terms of, of, of uh, their spiritual faith. But please do not mistake our unwillingness to pressure people as a lack of urgency on our part. 
Because we understand there is a war going on. And every person is either with Jesus or they are against him in this war. And our deepest desire is that every single person would come to a place where they would joyfully say, I, 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 am, I am with Jesus. I, I understand that he was born into this world for me. He came to this world for me. That he lived a sinless, purpose, perfect life on my behalf. That he might then lay down his life as a, as a sacrifice for my sins. And in his death, then bring victory to my life. And then was resurrected to prove who he is and to, and to give me the hope of resurrection as well. And so I am with him. I, 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 am, I am his. I am for him. We may not want to hear it, but it's got to be said. Every person who says, well, not now or not yet, is also saying, no, I'm, I'm not with Jesus. Because there's no neutrality here. It doesn't matter that you have a, you know, this or that belief system or that you know, you've been a good person compared to whoever you might compare yourself to. It doesn't matter because Jesus said, whoever's not with me is against me. And Christmas is a time that we need to be told, hey, there is a war going on. And we need to declare our allegiance, our unequivocal allegiance one way or another because there's no spiritual Switzerland here. There's no neutrality in this war. And every human heart has a, has a throne upon which somebody or something sits. It's like that famous Christmas song. Jesus is the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and he shall reign forever and ever. The question is for each of us, does he reign in our heart? Does he reign in your heart? Does he reign in mine? Because Christmas means war. And if Jesus doesn't sit on the throne of your heart, just understand, he's not going to stop pursuing you because he loves you. He'll not give up on you. His battle plan is to make you his. Now, he won't force himself upon you, but his goal is that you might choose to you know, willingly, lovingly, and unconditionally surrender to him. And so if we can help in any way, in that journey, and that decision for you. It would be our joy and privilege to do so. And we're going to put a number up on the screen, and if you take your phone and text the word response, one of our ministers will reach out to you and, and share with you and answer your questions. Now, for all of us who would say, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm with Jesus, I'm in, then the question for us becomes, becomes this. Am I advancing or retreating? That's the question for us. If I'm with Jesus, one of the ways I need to see my life, one of the ways I need to approach life and think about life is as a soldier of the Lord. And I like the way that Paul describes this in his second letter to Timothy, where he says in chapter 2, verse 3, join with me in suffering like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. Nobody serving as a soldier gets entangled in civilian affairs, but rather tries to please his commanding officer. So he just warns us here, Paul does, to not let anything distract us from Christ's battle plan for our lives. So if I'm married, I'm like, okay, in my marriage, am I advancing the battle plans that Jesus has for our relationship? Not just that we get along, but that we are a force for good in our marriage.
if I have kids, am I, am I advancing the battle plans that God has for me as a parent and raising up servant soldiers of the Lord in a dark world, you see? It's just, we need to ask ourselves these kinds of questions in the way that I am thinking and talking and, and in my relationships and in all of these things. Who's winning? Who's winning this war through me? Is it, is it Jesus or is it the evil one? In my finances, am I just another casualty of the war because all I'm thinking about is my own safety and comfort? Or am I helping to bring relief, you know, and alleviate the suffering and the darkness of this world with what God has provided me? And so just to kind of think further about this, those of you who help in our children's ministry here, you're not doing child care. You are advancing the kingdom of God through your efforts, you see. You are on the front lines for the fight in every one of these children's lives as you serve in this way. If, if you serve in our student ministry, you probably have a sense of the, the battle that middle school and high school students face every day. It's a, it's a fierce battle that goes on for our kids. And if you are in our student ministry, you're providing one of the, safe, the few safe places that our children have. And you, you are pushing back evil in their lives and advancing God's kingdom. And I, I could go on and on about this. Those of you who, who, who serve in our, our small groups as leaders of our groups, those, those of you who are musicians and vocalists, our tech team, those of you in, in guest services, our, our safety team, you're not just helping out, you're advancing and expanding the kingdom of God because we are at war. When you give generously and sacrificially, you're not just supporting your, your church, you're funding and fueling the war effort that go, is going on. We are at war, and we are called to be a, be a people who say that we will not back down in this war. We will not give up because our Savior and leader is fully committed to, to gaining victory. He has never given up, and he loves this world so much that he came and was born into this world that he might rescue it, that he might redeem it with his very life, you see. Oh, what a story the Christmas story is. It's, it's a war story, and I've got one last truth about this, this war to share with you. It, it's one that brings us tremendous confidence and tremendous courage, and it's this, that in this war we never have to worry about who wins, you see. And Jesus, we know, was born into this world. I mean, no credible person would, would claim otherwise, and he will return. And the last book of the Bible, Revelation, writes these words about that time. It says this, John writes, then I saw heaven opened and a white horse was standing there. Its rider was named Faithful and True, for he judges fairly and wages a righteous war. His eyes were like flames of fire and on his head were many crowns. He wore a robe dipped in blood and his title was the Word of God. The armies of heaven dressed in the finest of pure white linen followed him on white horses from his mouth came a sharp sword to strike down the nations. Then I saw the beasts and, and the kings of the world and their armies gathered together to fight against the one sitting on the horse and his army. And the beast was captured and with him, who, and with him the, the false prophet who did mighty miracles on behalf of the beast. Miracles that deceived all who had accepted the mark of the beast and who worshipped his statue. 
Both the beast and his false prophet were thrown alive into the fiery lake of burning sulfur, and the entire army was killed by the sharp sword that came from the mouth of the one riding the white horse. What a, what a picture here. John says that Jesus comes riding a white horse. Now, this, this would have been the, the kind of horse that a, that a Roman general would ride in a victory parade, you see. And when John says he's wearing many crowns, this is his way of saying when Jesus comes, he will come with all authority, you see. All powers will be under his power. All authorities will be under his authority. It, it says his robe has blood on it. It's his own blood, see, because he's already been in the battle for us on the cross where he fought for each of us, Satan and sin and evil, and he was victorious. And he gained our victory there. And it says the armies of heaven follow Jesus on white horses as well and dressed in fine linen. Now, John may be referring to angelic armies here. I don't know. But I tend to think that this includes, you know, the armies of, of followers of Jesus and the faithful men and women of God throughout history that come with him is the picture. And in this battle, Jesus prevails without struggle. Did you notice that as I read these words? He just simply declares his enemies defeated by his authoritative word, and they are defeated. Isn't that incredible? I mean, we need not worry about this, because Christ will make this final battle no contest. Now, I, I don't know if the cattle were lowing and the poor baby wakes, but little Lord Jesus, no crying he makes is, is true or not. That's, that's a, a part of the story that, that we're comfortable with. But I do know this, Christmas is a war story. And when Jesus came the first time, he came into a world that was controlled by Satan and, and evil and sin. And his birth was the pivotal moment in that war because he was mighty enough and determined enough and loving enough to spill his own blood and did not spare his own life to gain victory in this war. And when he comes again, then evil will be finally and utterly and completely destroyed. Like that. I mean, just at the command of Christ. And in heaven, the curse of sin, it'll be gone forever. And there will be no death and there will be no evil, and there will be no pain and suffering. And the world will be as God has always intended for it to be. So church, this Christmas, let, let, let's be grateful and let's be worshipful for the victory that we have gained in Jesus Christ. And let's be determined and let's be tireless in our efforts to help advance his kingdom. Would you pray with me? We honor you, Jesus, as we begin this Christmas season together, rejoicing in the victory that is ours because of you. We, we honor you as the King of kings and Lord of lords. We, we recognize that if it were not for you, Jesus, we would be doomed. There would be no hope for us. But because you came at Christmas, 
we can be filled with joy no matter what we have to deal with in this particular year, in this particular Christmas season. There is, there is tremendous joy as we consider the story of Christmas and the depth of your love and commitment to us. And I just pray for every person that's worshiping right now that you would reach out to each one and draw them close. That for those who have yet to say yes to you, that Jesus, you will continue to impress upon them the, the love that you have for them. Greater love has no one than this to lay down their life for another. And that is what you've done. And for those of us who who are saying, yes, I, I am with you, Jesus. I, I am in. We want to say to you, use us, Lord. Help us not to just sort of, you know, put in our time and live our days and be occupied with other things, but to be soldiers that are just singularly focused on being faithful in, the, in the, the work and the battle plans that you have for us to advance your kingdom, to expand your kingdom, Lord, for we know that you, you have in your heart a desire for every person to come to know you. The good news of Christmas, the good news of, of the cross of Jesus. So be at work, Lord, I, in our families, in our neighborhoods, Lord. And we just, look, we just look so forward to rejoicing and celebrating again this Christmas the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray together. And all of God's people said, Amen. Will you please stand and join us as we continue our worship?
you may be seated. For those of us joining us on our who are online with us, um, we're about to enter into a time of communion. If you're at home, we encourage you to use just whatever you have with you right where you are. As we usually enter into this time of celebration through communion, we often reflect on it as Paul did, reflecting on his Jesus' sacrifice and his service and his ultimate suffering for each one of us. But I think this song is so true. It is also a time for us to be in celebration of Jesus's life, of how he lived and the life that he gave every single one of us through his sacrifice on the cross. This is not about the funeral. There was one and there was three days of mourning, but what we celebrate right now is about what happened on that third day when he rose, when he defeated death, and when he gave each one of us life. And so as we come together to celebrate communion and take it together, I want to encourage you, those of you on, here on campus, to open up your little package. Take the wafer and eat it. It represents the body that was sacrificed for each one of us. And then take the juice. Drinking it, representing the life not just his life, but our life that was given at that time. Please join me in prayer. Dear Lord, I thank you for the life, for our ability to not perish, but to be with you forever, as it says in John 3:16, because we believe in you, because you took that step to give us this life. And Lord, we do not take that lightly. Lord, I ask that you help each one of us celebrating you right now to focus on you, Lord, today, and then tomorrow go out and share you with the world. Help us, Lord, not keep this life for ourselves, but to give it to everyone. For you did not die for me or just the people in this room and just the people online, but for the entire world, Lord. Help us to be who you've asked us to be and spread your word. In your name we pray, amen. Thank you so much for joining us. We hope you have a wonderful week and we'll see you back here next weekend.